and welcome to this new episode of the I Think Podcast. This one's a very special one because I can introduce some of my ex-student government members, uh, a current one, and some of very close friends of mine. So first we have Virginia de Michelis, our community director for Team Red on the one hand, and then we have the Ricardo D'Ambrosio, who was bueno, the community director in Segovia, and is the current president. Welcome to both of you. Thank you, thank Mateo. Hello, thank you for having us. Okay, so I just kind of want to start off. This is going to be a different sort of episode. Um, so essentially, we, we were asked to, you know, in order to increase the visibility of the teams, you know, bring some light on the debates for each one of us um, feels is important, is relevant, uh, maybe even fact check a little bit. I just wanted to go over how essentially these debates have changed across the last three years. Because it was my recollection, when, of course, with the current COVID-19 pandemic, you know, it's difficult to do them face to face. But it's interesting to see that with us, everything was face to face. We, we still had recordings of it. Um, <laughs> with, by us, I mean, you know, two years ago, student government. Then last year, it went on to sort of, you know, online and quite possibly one of the most entertaining uh, hour and a half of my life. Mm-hmm. And then this year, it's, it's doing a little bit of both. So the first one was purely video conference. And then the second one was face-to-face and uh, video conference as well. So other than that, what do you guys think has kind of changed? Is it more serious? Do you notice... You know, people are taking, I think, current student government involvement um, is definitely a lot more active than in the debates than we were. I mean, I remember I was kind of asked to ask some questions, but that was basically it. Um, but yeah, no, what are your what are your opinions on, you know, the way that it's kind of changed in the last few years? Do you know to go first? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I remember when we were going around, like when you, when Mateo was doing the second debate, I, I went to Segovia from Madrid and it was one of the first time I had gone to Segovia actually. And we were just going around and we were telling people to vote for our team. We had our little stand. I remember we had like little like hard stickers that we would go like and give to people and we actually had to explain to people even in Segovia where the community is much smaller and they're much more close to each other to explain them what student government was and like what was our team was composed of people and like we were explaining like our proposals and stuff and people were kind of clueless about like whatever we we had the power to do and because also it was newer like there were had been like less student government so i think it's very much changed especially last year because of the quarantine since last year people obviously had less to do so they were way more focused on the debates and it was sort of like as you said like the funnest like an hour and a half of the quarantine i remember we watched it all together for like in zoom and stuff exactly it was super interesting to see how people got more involved because of the quarantine, obviously. And this year, they're still pretty involved, especially in Madrid. Also, I see more Spanish people that are presented in the team, which was not really a thing before. It was more like internationals only. And you had like quite a few Spanish, quite a few of Madridians as well, which is always nice to see because they always had like 
this kind of vibe of having their friends outside of uni and not feeling relating to the rest of the international students. So I think, yeah, definitely like the involvement of people has increased so much even throughout uni and especially in the Madrid campus where when I, when we ran in the Madrid campus, nobody knew about it. Like pretty much no one. It was even worse than when we went to Segovia explaining to people, you know, but yeah, definitely like it's, it's nice to see the people take more interest in it and they started to run more and there's more and more team with different ideas. Well, and I think that, well, Virginia just explained it perfectly. Uh, the involvement of the student government every year, I think that has had a huge impact on it because every year, uh, everyone, like every government has put a little bit of effort for everyone to know what is the student government. And for sure, last year, it was totally different because it was online, but we had to break that everyone was bored and we could enjoy it more. Well, at least uh, you, not me, because I was super stressed out because Omar <laughs> disconnected, he had a problem with the internet, it was horrible. But I'm super glad that this year, uh, the second debate, uh, they managed to do it um, in person because the first one for me, at least, it was kind of uh, slow, uh, actually boring, if I could say, uh, because it wasn't like people, when people are together, obviously it's much more interesting seeing how they debate in person instead of in front of a computer. And regarding the first year, I remember, and you like you can make the comparison between this year and the and our first year. Uh, we had the opportunity to have you, Mateo, and Umberto, uh, the former president. For those who don't know him, uh, in person, and it was really, really intense. So I'm glad that the, that we were able to recover this format, and I hope that for the following years we can establish it even further. Speaking of intensity, I mean, yesterday and yesterday's debate, I would kind of went face to face just to take some notes, you know, kind of see the, the scene. And you are completely right. I mean, the first debate, I think it might have to do, you know, with debating over the webcam, which kind of alienates you from the whole process of it, or at least you don't see essentially like the emotions come out, which is an essential part of debating, you know, if if it makes or breaks essentially a candidate, if you are able to use it to your advantage, awesome. If you don't, it can, it can potentially lead to fuck ups. And yesterday there were a couple, there were a couple moments where I could see some, some candidates getting a little bit, you know, tested. Um, one of the possibly one of the funnier ones was um, between team serendipity and team uh, the hive, which for our listeners, team serendipity is um, the president is uh, Fiona Wu, and on hive's uh, counterpart, let's say, uh, the president is Abdul. Um, and at some point, um, they asked them about transparency and the messaging boards and all that kind of stuff, and they said, unlike the hive, we have something. And then went on to say that they will ask people if they're interested in Insta, Gmail, or Slack. So essentially not having anything, which for me was kind of funny. Um, then on the side of like, you know, both, all of the teams involved were like, you know, we have data showing that people are interested in using Slack, or we have data showing that, you know, the transportation system in IE is lacking. Dude, show it. <laughs> 
it's like, you know, don't just say it. Put, put, you have an Instagram page. Fucking put it on. You know, it's so easy. But um, possibly one of the more difficult aspects that they tried to show was racism and diversity in, in IE, which is something which, you know, we, we I mean, back in our um, student government, I remember there were a couple instances, but I had never really figured out that it was until that point. And, you know, considering most of the teams are somewhat represented by a minority, it was interesting to see, you know, the kind of dialogue and the discussion and how the discussion went. So, you know, it was very much based on we're here for you, which is different compared to, to other years. And it, I think it's, it's a good move forward. What do you guys think? Well, on that note, for sure, like compared to our student governments and the, the people like that were presented the year we ran and our team as well, like they were calling us the Italian team because we all somewhat have something to do with Italy. So we weren't that diverse, even though we tried to come up with different like second nationality and what's or not. I don't think we were that diverse. And yes, we might have been representing like the, the European side of the population, but it's true that this year you have more representation regarding like minorities and also other nationalities that are still pretty strong at AE. And yeah, that, that's very, actually that's very nice to see how like different teams and like they were mixing with different nationality from Spaniards, from Madrid and what's or not. Super, super interesting to see that. And I think it's definitely a step forward into being more diverse and being more representative of a uni that has so many nationalities like ours. It's super important to have like as well, like a student government that represents it really well, in my opinion. What do you think, Ricky? Well, for me, I had the opportunity to see like from our year uh, when I was community development and in the year after when I was president. Uh, I had the opportunity to also leave the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, which impacted also the IE community. And in the student government, we decided that it was our time to actually put some work on it. Um, we developed uh, a survey and then addressed this problem with the with administration. And actually, the response was amazing. We, we received a lot of comments, and the administration itself put in place a lot of initiatives to tackle discrimination issues and are from others that are key to have a good community inside of IE. So I'm really happy actually that at least two of the teams as you mentioned uh, are addressing these problems uh, because it's key to have a safe community that people are in, able to enjoy um, because all of us are from all over the world. For example, I'm from Venezuela and I have friends uh, from Egypt, from Europe, from the US and you can and you can feel this, but as you said, uh, you don't figure it out until it happens to you. So I'm really, really happy that they're tackling this, as well as what the team Hive, and I think that team Serendipity uh, said as well about the well-being center and the well-being of the same students. I think this is key because all of us, after going through the pandemic and going through a tough year with non-classes and with new material and a new way of living, uh, I'm super glad that they put it on the table. 
something that didn't happen before in the elections and it's something that for sure is important for the student government. I mean, on that note, to tackle problems and like the big cha change that we're witnessing right now, even for people that are in the last year for me, like it is pretty scary to think about that you might have a job that requires you to stay in your room 24-7, like just entering the job market. Also, that's like the well-being center is doing something regarding it. We received some mails. And I think it's really good that the student government takes into account that because obviously like the transition to online was pretty like only one. Yeah, it was only once and it was a lot, you know. But but if we can do like something to make it better now, and then hopefully we'll we'll go back to being person and all of that, it would be it would be great to have some help by students. Maybe some of them are only even stuck in their countries and stuff. So obviously, like there's a lot of issue regarding that, and it's great they that they tackle this issue and they are giving more importance to it. I believe as well. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, another big theme from these debates has been the, I guess, the idea of money and, you know, the budget and where to spend stuff and how to do it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. They have no clue what their budget is, right? They have no idea. They we have no idea. Home. We had, we, I found out like five months in. Yeah. for my term you know <laughs> like you have no clue it depends and you also, they only say to the president they didn't say to everybody do you remember guys like i knew yeah absolutely yeah i remember that what was the budget for spring Bowl, for example and we knew because we had to make calculations out of it for it but we didn't know what was the rest of the budget Exactly. Yeah, it, this year, it, it was crazy because of COVID-19, all the budget changed, of course, and they had make adjustments. And even to me, they couldn't even say uh, a straight number. So we had to work um, little by little and being self-sufficient along the way. So obviously, talking about budget for these guys that haven't been in a position of the same government is difficult. But I'm glad that they're interested as well. Uh, but they will have a huge surprise when they enter where it wins. Uh, they're going to find out that this is not a straight number. And most of the time, they don't receive whatsoever a straight response. No, exactly. And I mean, from my experience, if it's they'll give you money, but they really have to have one data supporting your proposal. And then two, they have to agree with your proposal. And so based on that, you know, like there's some ideas which they were talking about the other day, one of which was the shuttle from Maria de Molina to Chamartín, which in the beginning of the debate was going to be paid by, by, and then at the end of the debate, you would have to pay for yourself, which I just kind of, I just kind of sat there and I was like, okay, good. I pick one, but I mean, like, they're never going to pay for that. Like, no, 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 dude. You're a grown <laughs> They have no idea how much a bus costs to eat. And like they, they're going to find it out later, but it's not 
a small number for starters. And second of all, like he has a clear rule about that that we use also for a, a sports club, which is everything that is outside the M30, they'll cover it with a bus. Otherwise, no, which makes sense because we have public transportation and Madrid public transportation is really, really good compared to most cities in Europe. So I don't see the point of including a shadow bus from Maria de Molina to to the five towers, just so what people can continue living in Salamanca. I mean, you can just take the metro. I mean, isn't there even a metro stop like at the towers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Plaza de Castillo, no? I mean, yeah, exactly. So I was just sitting there like, okay. And then, you know, one part which I can understand is, you know, that given the current situation that we live in, not everyone is, you know, going to take the metro. But, you know, there's a quick fix for that. You have until September. Find a house next to it. You know, like everyone's taking yearly... Like you, there is no contract that says that you have to live in a specific apartment for two years. None. And also you can always break, you can also say no to your contract with uh, two or three months of advance. So exactly. Exactly. In case, in case, and it's very less expensive to live over there to compare to Salamanca. So I guess it's also, obviously people don't want to go there because I students are used to live in Salamanca and to have their places to go out. But I mean, we have such a great opportunity to have a unit that build us a tower of 35 stores with everything you can think of. There is even a swimming pool, sports facilities, whatever you want. So I guess like just now starting debating, ah, I don't want to take the metro. Ah, it's far away. We did the, the, it's, to me, it was a bit going too much forward, you know, like. Sick. Like there's different, there's other priorities. There's other priorities. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they'll get enough data. So much data of so many different <laughs> students where they're like, no, I can't. Uh, no sé qué, no sé cuánto. Uh, corona. And maybe it's a possibility. But you can't promise that at a debate. <laughs> you can't promise that in a campaign. You have no clue. You, you what they, what did they, they said that they have data show it i mean do you guys remember when we had the proposal of having more buses between madrid campus and segovia campus they they shut they that down with <laughs> so quickly so quickly they were like no there's too many uh, there's too little people who are interested in it we don't know how many buses there needs to be a forecast and we were like okay at a certain point it was just like mm, all right Okay, we so imagine what they will say in like between the two campuses in Madrid. In Madrid. They're going to be like, it's 40 minutes of Metro, guys. Just let's go. <laughs> and also for me, it's difficult to believe that people will take the time to go first from their home to, to Maria Molina and then to take the bus to go to the towers. For me, people are going to go straight from their homes to the tower. And also if there's a little detail that I university actually built this place thinking about people that are like, they want students to stay there over the day. And if they have a slot between classes, also they can enjoy from the facilities. And that's the point. So for me, obviously I love the optimism and hopefully they can have uh, next year if Campus Life approves, and uh, Miguel and Antonio approves, 
uh, it would be a great idea. But as you said, I would prefer that these resources are invested on something else that is actually beneficial for all the community instead of for not. I'm not going to say a, a set number, but for few students that don't want to take the metro or the bus. Yeah. And also, if it's a big part of the budget, imagine poor Segovia students, what they're going to do, like a big part of this budget goes to shuttles between two campuses in the city. And so what they're going to get like from it, nothing, you know, nothing. we have to think about the whole community all the time and including Segovia as well. So. Yeah, it seems, uh, seems like a lot of talk. Another thing. <laughs> which I do want to bring up because um, I know this is going to be a fat no, was Team Legacy's idea of an end-of-year party. <laughs> I hope, I hope that works. I would love nothing else. But from the bottom of my heart, I can tell you this. They will say no very quickly. In your first meeting, you will bring it up, and in two seconds, they'll be like, no, we are not paying for that. No, we're not doing that. I mean, I would rather they give us a graduation than we have all our end of the year party because we might have a graduation with another very famous online DJ. And they were amazing, but I'd rather go in person and have my diploma given to me. So if that's not happening, most likely not happening, I don't think I is gonna pay for any party, especially because they already didn't pay before. Guys, before COVID, they all they specifically told us every time we would invite, like, do a, an event, a party, whatever you want to call it. First of all, it doesn't have to be called a party. Second of all, we're not paying for any alcohol. The only time they pay for alcohol, it's at Spring Bowl, and it's the, yeah. the money that goes to the alcohol is the money we pay for the tickets. Exactly. And you will exactly. never, never in their lifetime with their zero alcohol policy pay for a drop of alcohol. So what are they going to do? Like the only thing we can do right now is sitting on a table of four or six outside and drink. So <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. Exactly. I would love to go to their party, but I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest. Ricky, what's your point of view? Uh, uh, a photo that it was moving through social media about Team Legacy that they were sharing that it was uh, that it said uh, and I want to bring it up because I think it's important uh, for the people that will hear this. Uh, are you? And it says it says I don't I don't remember the exact quote, but it says, "Are you bored from no? Aren't you tired from a bored student government, a boring student government?" And it was like, man, first. You can't promise a party that you don't know if it's going to happen. And second, nowadays there are all the things that the student government should worry about more than throwing parties. Because at the moment, Absolutely. planning one year in ahead, I can tell you uh, from this year, hopefully next year is going to be a lot better and you can plan things in advance with one year. For example, the Spring Bowl, I would love to have a Spring Bowl next year. And this is the second year that I have been trying to put it in place. The first year it was with Virginia and this year as president, and it was impossible, of course, because of COVID. But obviously, as you said, it's going to be a straight no unless everything changes and we go back to, to what we were before, which I find a little bit difficult. I hope it happened. If they win, 
I hope they throw this amazing party. I hope that I can attend. But at this point, I think that they should not be worrying a lot about the social part because, of course, students are going to still meet up at places and the student government still needs to tackle all the things that are more important than going <laughs> a gigantic party, I think that they call it, no? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that student government, and I'm sure that you've had to, in, at some point, talk about this with the administration was the fact that, you know, students were going to parties which were essentially illegal. Yeah, And I'm I'm sure that's brought up, and it, this seems kind of like, I want to, I don't want to, I want I don't want to sound like an asshole and say encouraging it, but it looks like it's almost legitimizing it. Like, ah, you're bored. Let's throw a party, you know? And it's just like mm, that dude, that's not how, that's not how this works. And I mean, I'm sure if, you know, the situation changes that there will be a spring ball. Like there's no reason to not have one if there's no COVID, you know? So, and, and all of the teams would undoubtedly have a party or something or events or like they're not you know i i, I did, didn't get the impression that they were i don't know 80 year olds also boring if you look at it from the financial point of view i don't know how they're going to, to actually fund this party if we have trouble coming up with uh, the numbers for spring ball and it was only 800 people i assume that if they want to throw the biggest party at I ever, they want to have a lot more people. I don't think that the budget will like will be sufficient. I mean, no. at, during our times, we did try when we had a normal budget to have a bigger spring ball. First of all, you will never find a location that hosts more than 800 people. On top of that, now we have to be less because of all the restriction and what's on us. But imagine, like, it's, it's just like, we always tried and every student government before us tried to make it bigger, but it's impossible. 800 people to host and to feed and to have drinks for music, a space to dance. It's already like a gigantic place and it's impossible to find anything in Madrid that big or bigger, you know? So it's already super complicated, the whole organization behind it. I don't think they're going to be able to find anything and plus, like, honestly, yes, we might be a little bit bored, but also, guys, let's not forget, we do live in Madrid, which is, compared to the rest of Europe, the best the city. Best city. I see my friends back in France, they, they, they have lockdown in the weekends. We, we have curfew at 11 and we can still go out and we can still go to uni. We can still go get a drink with a friend. Like, it's not that bad as well. Like, let's be a little bit... Optimistic. Realistic. That way, yeah. be a little bit realistic. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, I, I would have much preferred going back to 2019, but considering everything, I mean, we've, we've been extremely lucky, extremely lucky, which is, you know, why I don't think an end of the year party should be a priority. And it almost, and it almost comes off as like sensationalist, you know, like populist, like who doesn't want to party? Uh, like yesterday in the debates, ah, team legacy and team hype don't want to party. It's like, no, mm. that's not what, that's not what they said. That's just, that's, that's just a logical fallacy in my eyes, at least. But, mm. um, go going on to another 
um, thing that I kind of, you know, another proposal, which I sort of had an issue with was teen serendipities, um, you know, having a student in charge of wellness and well-being. Now, I'm not a psychologist uh, or by any means ever studied or done anything with that, but I can assure, I can guarantee that a psychologist who is a doctor will probably know more than a student. And I would trust a doctor with my well-being, something that is so fragile, more than a student. Like, I don't know. What, what, what are your What are your opinions on that? I, I'm like, when they brought it up, I was kind of like, dude, I was kind of lost for words. Ricky, I'll give you the floor first this time. Okay. Well, I think it's fantastic that they're worried about the well-being of the students. I think that's amazing. And I mind that this new position that I would like to tackle this point uh, further ahead, but that a student has this position, it doesn't worry me that, and as you're like, as you're saying, uh, Mateo, you're right that uh, a doctor would know more. But if a student is in charge of this, I see the, the positive side that they will try to encourage students to assist to the sessions of the well-being center to seek for help in case of the uh, if they need it but what i'm really really worried about is that i think that uh, it's sophia and she's going to be mm -hmm. in charge of the well-being and also if i'm not wrong academics Maybe communication communication yeah with uh, from being two years in the student government i learned that communication is the position that works the most throughout the whole year because they're always on top of every social media. And even if they have bigger plans for the student government, they need to be on top of that. So what I'm really, really worried about, and I know that Sofia is an incredible student, uh, she's going to need to manage the well-being center with all the ideas that they want to put in place, communications, that is a really tough position, and also being a top student of her class. So, and I think that they mentioned the burnout, and that's the only thing that I don't want for Sofia to happen because it's going to be a lot of work. And even if she doesn't have any other responsibilities, it's going to be a lot. So if they really, really want to make this happen and make it work, don't put so much, not power, but responsibilities into one single person. Maybe it can be an idea for the whole team that they can address it together. But to give these two positions exactly to a, to a person that is top of their class, I think it's not going to be useless because she's going to work a lot, but it's not going to be efficient. But I mean, like when we were, when we were there, Ricky, don't you remember that um, we had, I mean, we had contact with the, with the original idea behind the wellness club. And it was, a professional who was leading it. Uh, her name was Candela, Candela de Riva, puede ser? Yeah. Um, I, I cannot remember for the life of me, but I remember that it was an initiative and there were students involved helping with, you know, the marketing and everything, but she was the head of wellness and well-being. And alongside her, there was uh, Sanko, which is the, the part of the administration, which is, you know, therefore, um, mental health and uh, learning disabilities. And I don't know, it just seemed like there was professional help at IE. And we were trying to get the message out. I hope that they've 
managed to actually put up something worthwhile because they had some amazing ideas at the time. But yeah, no, I agree that, you know, being responsible for students' well-being, although it may not seem like a ta- like a huge task, like let's remember that this is a very taboo subject. Like I'm sure that there's a lot more students than we know of who are going to these services. And, you know, as as a student, if I, if I ever got to the point where I would want to go to these services, maybe I wouldn't feel so comfortable with a student knowing of my personal schedule. That's all. I'm, that's my two cents there, at least, you know, since it's something so personal. I mean, it's also going to be very complicated because she does not necessarily have the knowledge to behind it that a doctor or somebody that has worked in a field for a long time has and on top of that like there's the whole story of we're in a pandemic we we can't have the same life that we had before it's more complicated to see people to be like socially active and what's or not classes online non-class learnings all, all of these things has changed so much and then you have the pressure of like you know, there's always the family member the that might get COVID, the one that you can't see. It's it's always complicated. And I think this period doesn't make it any simpler. It, if anything, it makes it harder. So I, it's, it's not very, like, I would... I would not, I don't think it's the best idea, to be honest, like to put her in charge as well. Like it's a taboo subject. People might not want to go to her. Um, I don't think it's very efficient. I think it should be like something outside that nobody knows about. And then people have like the sort of anonymity when they go there and like nobody knows about it and they just have a professional helping them. And once, like if they're willing to talk with their friends, they can, but you know, like a studies for them and only for them in order to help them. And also, yeah, I just, I'm, I agree with you, Matteo. Like, I don't think it's the best idea. I think she has the best intentions for sure. And they all do in that team, but I don't think it's the most efficient way of putting it for sure. Well, in their defense, uh, I was going through all the team's Instagrams and I found like the only information I found that they talk about mindfulness and the well-being center is that they will work at, alongside the IE Center for Happiness and Wellbeing, and they will organize or at least propose a set of workshops and activities for uh, to give students outlets to receive support in these formative university years, which I find amazing. And contrary to what you're saying, I believe that what they're trying to say is that someone will be in charge of trying to give more exposure to the Wellbeing Center, not necessarily she will be the one leading it, and I think it's fantastic, but as I said, the burnout and all the responsibility that this will entail for sure is going to be a lot for, for her. I hope yeah. that she can do it if they win, but I'm worried that, as you said, Virginia, uh, they, they are doing it with the best intentions, but if they don't develop the idea uh, in the best way, actually it might be, it, it might return negative effects, you know? So yeah. that's the only thing that I'm worried about, but kudos to them because they have done an amazing uh, job bringing this subject and trying to um, to to bring taboo around it, um, which is really, really important because during these years, I don't know if it has happened to you, 
this is a topic that no one talks about, at least in my circle, that's what I have experienced. And a lot of people are suffering from it after, even after the pandemic. So I think that this is amazing, but I'm worried that this will, won't have the best uh, result. No, absolutely. Um, I guess going down to the last thing, which, you know, when they brought it up, I was particularly interested in because this semester has been brutal thanks to this specific aspect that I eat. And those are the non-class learnings. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> they, I, I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't believe in getting rid of non-class learnings. I think that they're useful to some degree. I don't know about you guys though. It has not taken me, not even one, less than three hours. And there's supposed to be one which you're supposed to finish between the hour and an hour, 20 minutes. And yeah. they have been so, so, so overboard for only a participation grade, which I kind of see the need for work there. And that's something that, um, if I'm not mistaken, legacy, legacy brought up. But legacy was, legacy said, I'm pretty sure to get rid of it completely, which I, I don't agree with. And the other teams were like, no, we should leave it as it, as it is, which personally I don't agree with either. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of, how they work through that in the, in the next couple of years. Cause I mean, I can tell legacy right now, I, I doubt I, and I'm pretty sure your academics officer essentially will have a very hard time getting rid of it completely. But, um, but it's, I think it does need some, some kind of aspect of reworking or at least, you know, some standardized form. Ah, there it is. Yeah. The hive, uh, proposed sort of standardizing it, which yeah might sound vague at first, but, um, I don't know. We'll have to see in the next year what exactly they mean by it. I mean, they, they should like put some like standard rules saying they should not go over one hour 20. Like I found for me, it was a lot of like, it's either taking me the whole day and uh, this professor is asking me to read the uh, 200 pages because I study law and do an essay of a thousand, 200 words for tomorrow at 8 a.m. And he sends it uh, the day before at five. I mean, some, sometimes I'm just like, wow, okay. But uh, because we're also supposed to organize ourselves and organize our days when they give us non-class learning. That's also some of the learning from it that we should get. More be more flexible and organize ourselves. But I feel like some of the professors take a little bit of advantage uh, into maybe, oh, I forgot to send it, or the deadline is tomorrow at 8 p.m., but it's, as I said before, 5 p.m. Um, I believe they should, like, put set rules and maybe just already, like, just pre, like, set all of the things yeah. before, and then it pops out, like, whatever assignment you have, and the day off, it comes up, you do it, and then whatever. But or you or you know before that you have it and you can do it throughout maybe a little bit before if you have other things to do. Um, but yeah, for sure, like it needs a little bit of rearrangement because it cannot go from somebody has to write like two lines in a forum to I have to write a thousand five hundred words for tomorrow. Yeah. You know? yeah, it doesn't make sense in my opinion. 
Ricky, I'm sure you've gotten some kind of pushback on this. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, for me, uh, at the end, getting rid of the non-class learning, as you said, I think it's going to be really, really difficult uh, for Team Legacy. Okay, uh, I think that maybe we can cut I it I think here. that's your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut it here and, uh, like, let me open the door. No, pero, pero, I mean, yeah, the non-class learning, well, I mean, at the end of the day, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. Whatever um, they, can, they can get from the administration, but I doubt Miguel is going to be very happy about it. Bro, Miguel made it, and Antonio, I am a, as the academics director, I'm 100% sure will be like, dude, no. No, no, no. I mean, the best, the best shot is just to have the more standard rules about it. Like we tried to do with participation and attendance. Um, yeah. Year. And already that that, that that still isn't particularly set up. No, like I said, no. especially yeah, now no. with the non-class learnings and you know all this kind of stuff, you know, it's just made it so much more complicated. Like it's just so many different functional groups that it's just impossible. So, it's impossible to, I don't know. They must Ricky's been... back. Ricky's back. <laughs> yeah. So big on or. Yeah, keep speaking about non-class learnings and how much we hate them. I'm kidding. Ah, okay, perfect. Yeah, uh, I think that they're useful um, to some extent. Obviously, I hate when I have to do a non-class that it takes four hours for one class and all of them is like accumulated. It's 10% of my grade. Obviously, it's hard. And I think that they need to restructure it. Um, but it's part of the liquid learning at the end. It's the first time that they're implementing it. I don't think that the idea of that team legacy has uh, of removing them is the best one. Obviously, at the end, in the long run, when COVID disappears, hopefully they will get they will get rid of uh, they will get rid of it. But at the end, right now, and at least for their term term that is next year, I don't think that that will happen. And in fact, I think that the benefits outweigh the the, the consequences, yeah, the, 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 the grievances of the non-class learnings. So I agree with Team Hive, and I think Team Serendipity also said that they should restructure it, but for sure they shouldn't remove it because at the end it helps with the whole structure of the programs and the classes, and at the end it, it helps the students to learn more about the subject. Completely agree. Okay, yeah. now for the end, and... I know, Ricky, you've chosen to stay neutral for this. So I'm going to ask not who you're going to vote for, but who do you think is going to win? Virgi, you start? <laughs> uh, in my opinion, the team that has the best proposals, the most realistic ones, and it's more about the students, is the Hive. Concrete and complete one. It's true that some of them, I recognize, that they had that were our city as well and the first um no but i think they're really good and they give me more serenity in the serenity in the sense of like they know what they're doing they're being involved a lot in a uh stuff as well and yeah i just believe they they are the one that i like the most i i do believe that some of the others ideas like team legacy of the party were a bit out of place 
um, the talking about the money, they're going to realize that it's not just team legacy, but the rest, they're going to realize that <laughs> they have no clue. And honestly, like I wish whoever is going to win the best of luck, but they're going to, they're going to be shocked once they're going to have the, the first yeah. meeting with, with the directors and everybody that is going to actually explain what is going on for sure and what they can and what they can't do. But it's a great, overall, it's a great experience to be honest. And I met wonderful people that are here with me now. And I think it was just like, a great experience also to manage your time, to have a better understanding how to talk with like an um, administration. You, you just make the most out of it. You meet incredible person. The rectors are always there for you to help you. And yeah, maybe it's going to be like hard at one point. So you're going to have a little bit of beef within the team, which happened with us, but in general, it's an amazing experience. So I wish all the best for whoever wins. Nikki, well, you saying neutral? You staying neutral? Yeah, <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I think it's the best decision. Uh, but also, as Virginia said, uh, and this is one thing that I mentioned in my second debate, the one that I did last year, that everyone that is running for the student government is because maybe they have uh, a benefit from it in the sense of the CV and experience, et cetera, et cetera. But they are also doing it because they want to help the university to improve and to have a better life for the students. So every team that runs every year, I'm super grateful to them because they're working hard. They're preparing a campaign, which is not easy. And even more in the middle of the midterms, I think that it's amazing that is that they deserve to run. And as well as Virginia said, and I wish them the best of luck. I hope that the best team wins, of course, and that uh, the ones that are the most compromised wins win. Uh, and at the end, it's going to be tough. I think that it's really difficult to predict who is going to win, but I'm sure it's going to be the best team and the one that the people prefer the most. And at the end, that's democracy, and we have to stay with it. I want to invite everyone that is watching this or listening to this to vote because that's the most important part of the process. Uh, they did all of this work to show you that they're the best ones, but at the end, the important part is that the students vote for who they think that is the best option. And um, well, I enjoyed so much this this election campaign and returning, so uh, it can be <laughs> kind of special. Um, well, what do you think, Mateo? Uh, I'm gonna personally go with Team Hive just because, yeah, they have some policies which were a bit similar to, to ours, so I'm a bit biased there. And I'm also kind of like I should specify that I am biased because I've seen Abdul, the president, and work because he was in my uh, committee and he's the co-director of this podcast alongside me. So, you know, I've seen him in stressful situations, in situations where he's got to compromise, where he's got to work, and I've never had any reason to doubt in his capabilities. On the other hand, like you said, Vicky, Mm, there needs to be conviction here. So I am sure that whatever team comes up, they will do a good job, whichever one. Maybe they won't be able to fulfill on their promises. I'm, I mean, we weren't, not on all of them. So, but I still think that overall, we did do a good job in the way that we handled and that we managed uh, and sort of the logistics behind, you know, 
being in student government. And that's at the end of the day, the most important part. So yeah, it, definitely people go vote. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, and we are done. Thank you guys so much. No, thank you, Madeo. I always enjoy coming to the podcast. <laughs> uh, well, I think that this is the last one as student government. So thank you very much. And thank you to all the team that is doing the work behind. I, I think that you're amazing. And I love the idea of the podcast. And even more, if it comes from students of I. I mean, thank you so much as well for having me. It was such a throwback to the elections that we passed together and like the good times and the bad times. But it were, they were mainly good, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but they were mainly amazing, to be honest. It was a good year. And yeah, just I hope the best team wins, as you guys said. And I really like, I'm, I'm really glad to be in this podcast. I really like it. I listened to a few of them and they're super interesting. And I think you you have to keep up the good work because it's really cool. We'll try, we'll try. Cheers, guys. Mm -hmm.